If you're a founder, you know that fundraising is a big part of the job. What you might not know is that Carta is there to help. Carta's new fundraising suite provides startups of all stages the best tools and support to easily issue safes, accurately forecast solution, and quickly close funding rounds. Save time, money, and make your next round your best yet. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. Welcome to Inc.'s The Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. I'm Alexa, the founder of LearnVest, author of New York Times bestselling book, Financially Fearless, and second book, Financially Forward. I'm also the founder and managing partner of Inspired Capital, a venture firm focused on the entrepreneurs of the future. Each week, we sit down with a top founder to share their story of guts, inspiration, and drive. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Alexa Von Tobel. And this week, I'm excited for you to meet Anthony Casalina, founder and CEO of Squarespace, the all-in-one website building and e-commerce platform. Anthony started Squarespace in 2003 while attending the University of Maryland, building the platform himself using code that would eventually be the foundation for Squarespace. Today, more than 4.2 million small businesses, entrepreneurs, and creators use the Squarespace platform to build their brands online, connect with their customers, and sell anything. With over 1,200 employees and almost 700 million in bookings, the company went public via direct listing in 2021. Anthony has regularly been recognized for his innovations and leadership, including being named Fortune's 40 under 40 in tech. Anthony holds a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science from the University of Maryland. I got to know Anthony long ago. And with that, let's welcome Anthony. I'm so happy to have you today. I was laughing the other day about, I, I think it was almost a decade-ish ago, um, we shared uh, an executive coach and you know he put us both in the same room and said, guys, like you've got big opportunities and um, you've just accomplished so much with Squarespace. It's just been so fun to watch from afar. Um, but let's go back to those early days and kind of how you got it up and running. First off, just thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Okay, back then. Um, so Squarespace is actually going to be 20 years old in April. Uh, so quite a quite a run at things. And 20 years ago, the, the world and the web especially was a very different place. And so, you know, Squarespace started out with me wanting to create a website for myself, very unhappy with all the tools out there. And I wanted sort of this all-in-one platform. I wanted, back then, it was a page building software, gallery software, and blogging software, blogs being a word that was new. Uh, no one had heard of that. So I was explaining what blogs were to people. And I couldn't find anything out there that, that you know, was all those things in one and, you know, didn't have, I didn't have to deal with web servers and hosting and all that. So I sort of started making Squarespace for myself um, and quickly realized that it's something that a lot of people wanted to do. They had problems doing. They wanted an easy-to-use website builder and blogging tool. And, you know, I had always also been very interested in design. I, you know, uh, dabbled in design myself. My background's also engineering. And uh, I wanted something that looked really good. Uh, we've always invested in design. But Squarespace really uh, was founded off those two principles, something that was all-in-one, easy-to-use, with great design uh, for a variety of different kinds of uh, publishing needs. And so that's really how we got started. Uh, and now we've grown a lot. As you might imagine, we're a public company now, about 1,800 employees. We've bought a few companies. And really what we've evolved to is being a tool for entrepreneurs. And, you know, across our product lines and across the main product, that's really what we what we focus on. You know, we've got Squarespace uh, proper, the website builder. We also have some other brands that we've either built internally or launched. 
And no matter what an entrepreneur needs to do, we, we kind of want to have uh, a solution. So that's kind of the 20 years in a, in a minute or so. I want to go back to those first three years of the business. What were you trying to accomplish? Like if you look back in the rearview mirror, what were you trying to obsess over in those first three years? I think I may have had like a, a, a one or two people part-time helping with support towards the end of that three-year period. But yeah, I mean, for the core functions, it was very much a one-person show. Uh, you know, I was doing everything from the design to the AdWords, the analysis of them, to our infrastructure, to our customer support. I think I sent back uh, tens of thousands of customer support messages over those years. I think what's interesting about those years is sort of that, well, one, it, w- it was very good for me to kind of experience all of those roles at some level so that when I was eventually hiring people to do those roles, I had some some small sense of how they how they worked. So I really appreciated that. I was really, really close to the customers at the time, as close as could possibly be. I mean, I was a customer. I spoke to the customers. The customers had bugs. I was the one fixing them. So I think that loop is, um, you know, part of the foundation of why we invest so much in customer support and and also the product. It took me a while to partner up and hire people because I actually think I just wasn't good at it. <laughs> I didn't have a network coming from from school. I you know moved to New York, the company in New York, and it just wasn't the thing that uh, I went to as my you know way to solve things. And so I think you know it actually took probably we might have benefited from hiring people a little bit sooner. Squarespace is without a doubt a massive brand. And also, I mean, I remember being an early user. I would love to hear how you thought about go to market and like, give me a sense of what the chapters were as you continue to get bigger. Sure. So I started programming in 2003, launched it in 2004, put it up there. And you know, exactly what you would expect happened, which is nothing. Uh, It was just kind of crickets. And so I was like, all right, well, what am I going to do to get people onto the site? I think there's this thing called advertising. Uh, what? How can I get an advertising? So I started buying Google AdWords. Um, and the initial Google AdWords we bought were around blogging and actually not around website building. And the key there was that there were actually established players in website building at the time, um, but there were really not as many in blogging. And blogging meant do-it-yourself publishing, which is not that far from what Squarespace was enabling people to do for blogs, but also for websites. So it was a way for us to capitalize on the interest in that that time in self-publishing in a cost-effective way. Because, you know, I, I didn't start it with a, a venture investment. I started it with around 30 grand for my parents. And so half that went to servers and the other half went to AdWords. And I started out and just started by buying a hundred bucks in AdWords and 200 bucks in AdWords. And Squarespace was a subscription business. So there were so few people that when people would not subscribe, I would reach out and ask why. And when people would subscribe, I would reach out and ask why. And so just kept reinvesting and reinvesting and reinvesting. So a lot of the business was built off AdWords and word of mouth for quite some time. And that AdWords budget went from, you know, a hundred bucks to 200 bucks to 500 bucks to a thousand bucks, all the way up to tens of thousands of dollars, all funded through our cash flows. So Squarespace is always cash flow break even for 15 years of our existence. Now we're quite profitable. But that's how it started. And because we were so comfortable with paid advertising and because we were very comfortable investing in creative and brand, which has always been a huge thing for us, Squarespace is one of the few tech companies, especially of that generation. It's had a a head of creative or a, a, you know, a creative director or a head, yeah, head of creative as part of the exec team from the very beginning. 
And that just meant that, you know, when we started to exhaust the amount we were able to spend on AdWords, we started looking around. And so we've been across every possible ad channel you can think of at this point. We're probably active at around 20 or 30 at any given time, you know, spend over half a billion on marketing every year now. Um, But it grew very, very, very organically. And we were not afraid to jump in to various new formats and try them and tweak them and massage them until, and really look at them and figure out, you know, is this going to work for us or not? And so, you know, one of those early successes was podcasting. I mean, it was like a crazy amount of money to me at the time. You know, we had we were spending thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a month on AdWords, and I remember to buy a podcast ad on. I think it was This Week in Tech it was in the tens of thousands of dollars, and I was incredibly scared to do even one. And then you know we did it, and we saw an immediate effect, and it was a it was a great way for us to to grow. I think we were you know one of the biggest podcasters out podcast advertisers out there for quite some time. One of the things that I find so fascinating about you and what you built is you've constantly just stayed ahead of the competition. And and now more and more competitors are trying to come to the market. How do you, as a now CEO of a publicly traded company, constantly keep making sure that you're staying ahead of competition? It's interesting because you started by saying, you know, there's there's a lot of competitors out there. And one of the things that I think is uh, always surprising is sort of when people say that, because now, um, you know, as you mentioned, that we're, you know, one of the dominant players out there, clearly one of the largest, depending on how you slice it, providers of what we do in the world. I actually think there's far fewer competitors now than there were 15, 20 years ago when there were, you know, 100 or 150 or so odd ways to do anything. And nobody had a kind of brand like what we had built up in this space. And now, you know, one of the big differences now 20 years later than when I first started is when I first started, people would Google, how do I build a website? Now they're much more comfortable Googling a couple brands they've definitely heard of or their friends have said via word of mouth. And it just, none of us had that kind of dominance at the time. So I actually see in a funny way, reduced competition in the core products that we service. I think that where we see increased competition is when we build the portfolio of brands that we have, we see different competitors depending on what we're what we're putting out there. Our talk product competes with uh, Resi and OpenTable more than they compete with any website builder. Our, our Unfold product competes with a slew of other small companies uh, in the app store. Our Biosites product, which is a Lincoln Bio product, has its own set of competitors. Our Acuity scheduling business has its own set of competitors. So the surface area has really changed. And although I think we you know, have a, a very, very strong position in our core, because you know, I, of course, slightly biased here, but I think that um, we really have the best product out there for what we do, and especially considering the uh, releases we've had over the past year, which have been exceptional. As you fast forward and think about your category, can you give us a tidbit of how you think about the creator, solopreneur, it evolving over the next decade? What are the most obvious things that are clear to you? Well, I think, you know, it's interesting because you used a word creator, which to me is just a usually digital first entrepreneur that's, you know, usually starting out as a solo practitioner and is experimenting with new media models to get started and promote themselves. And again, back to what I was saying, that's just a form of entrepreneur to me. And so, and, and by the way, the word creator didn't exist, I don't think, in much of any form 10 years ago. So it's great to have a product that's dynamic enough that can support all these different ways people are promoting themselves, the web is evolving, and business is evolving. So we're really focused on making sure that we've got tools that help any entrepreneur be successful, no matter where they're starting. I think also, 
if you take a multi-year and maybe decade-long view, people are much more comfortable with self-publishing today or using tools to get themselves online than they were two decades ago or a decade ago or even five years ago. And the tools have just gotten more powerful and easy to use. And so I think we've made that very accessible. And you know, we really believe in a future where anyone can be an entrepreneur if they want to be. Uh, and certainly the world is, is trending in that direction. I think that just provides a lot of opportunity for people. Give us a sense of where you think those, you said the tools keep getting more powerful. Mm-hmm. What does that mean in five years from now? Like, what, do you, what can you envision happening potentially? Yeah. So, I mean, I can speak to how we're oriented and where we're going, which is that, you know, it's this portfolio of brands approach and having those brands and tools be interconnected. So for instance, the main Squarespace platform, the website builder has so much more functionality in it right now than it did 10 years ago. And it's easier to use at the same time, which is a really incredible combination. I mean, you can use Squarespace to sell physical products, digital products, to sell classes, to sell courses. You can host video on it. It's really incredible. And so we've re- we're really invested in that all in one platform. And that harkens back to really when the company started, where we were also focused on all in one. It just was different things we were merging at the time. As we move forward, we're still invested in the all-in-one solution, but we really like the idea of people being able to use functionality that we have without necessarily using Squarespace, the website builder. So for Acuity or for Talk, for hospitality, you don't need to use Squarespace for your website to use those tools. And so we want to preserve, there is a level of integration but if you just need a part of the ecosystem, that's fine too. Um, you know, we've spent billions of dollars associating the word Squarespace with websites, um, which is great. But there's so much more we can do for people. And so that's why we're keeping multiple brands there, but focusing on integration. I'd love to get a sense of, obviously, during the pandemic, it accelerated a shift to e-commerce and forced many businesses on, online in a way that overnight, just the opinion of adopting technology changed. What was it like for you leaving Squarespace during that time? Certainly, we started off as worried. Um, you know, we were we're a very in-person culture. You know, employees getting sick. We moved to a, a work-from-home model like everyone else. You know, we're a very digitally savvy company. And so, honestly, that transition to full remote and Google Hangouts and whatnot was actually a lot smoother than I expected. And then very quickly, over a couple months, starting in March of 2020, we just saw our numbers really start taking off. And we didn't know how high they would go or how long it would last, but there was obviously a massive, massive trend to moving businesses online, building websites, adapting, which is what we really help people do during this time. That was all to the better. So, I mean, again, what was surprising was really the the resiliency of small businesses and and the resiliency of everyone during this time. And uh, taxing time for a lot of people psychologically, definitely our employees, but uh, it felt good that we were able to do something to help people uh, adapt and persevere. In 2021, Squarespace went public via direct listing. Give us a sense of just what was that like for you? What did you feel like you learned? And also just massive congratulations. Uh, it's, you know, 20 years in here, um, pretty wild ride. Yeah, wild ride. We selected the direct listing because we were profitable and we didn't need to raise any money. And so, you know, that seemed like the most straightforward mechanism for us to to go public. Obviously, in hindsight, the public markets have not been the most fun place to be for a growth-oriented tech company. 
although we are a bit of an outlier in the sense that we are a quite a profitable tech company that also shows good growth. So it's been a crazy ride. I think I didn't anticipate how totally different the public market is from the private market. You kind of would assume there's more rhyme or reason to it in the in the day-to-day, but more rhyme or reason to it in whatever happens on the day-to-day. It is, it is really pretty wild. And people are playing games with your stock that just doesn't happen to you in the private market. There are no short sellers, there are no hedge funds, there's no high frequency trading, there's none of this stuff. So you you are really subject to a lot of things that are very, very, very new. And everyone always likes to go in and say like, oh yeah, don't look at the stock price. Okay, sure. But you know, even if I can turn it off for a little bit, there are a lot of other people at Squarespace that can't or don't have that luxury. And so, you know, I, I think it's very important to pay attention, uh, even if I can't explain everything that's going on in any given day, there's macro factors, a, you know, there's a war and all of a sudden your stock is, it's, it's really, it's really crazy. That being said, I think we're well suited to be public. Again, the company uh, is profitable, great combination of, of, of growth and profit. Uh, many, 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 many options for growth. It's been a positive for us to be public in a lot of ways. I think it brings a lot of discipline to the company to have to go and on a quarterly basis say how you did. I mean, yeah, we had board meetings before, but it's not as formal. When we were private, the 409A is computed via a discount to public market comparables. Um, And we're actually trading at a a premium uh, to where some of those are. So we might not like the multiple, but it's actually a little probably better than being private. And employees can get liquidity whenever they want. When we were private, we we did a couple rounds where employees could get liquidity, but there's no guarantee that that would happen. And we'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. Alexa here. Not only do I get the opportunity to speak with all types of founders on, for starters, but I'm a repeat founder myself. We all know how vital fundraising is to a startup. Carta knows this too. That's why they had founders in mind when they created their fundraising suite providing tools and support to take the friction out of fundraising. They save founders time and money, allowing you to focus on your goals, not the admin work needed to close around. From simply issuing safes to quickly receiving funds, Carta Fundraising Suite helps their cap table customers raise a better fundraising round. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. Anthony, I want to transition a little bit to you. And I, I kind of want to go back to the beginning Is there something that your parents did that stands out in the rearview mirror that you kind of attribute, you know, deep inside to like just helping make you successful? What would it be? I think that the thing that they always did a good job of whenever I had interest that would go in a certain direction, provide a route for me to keep going with that. It could be computers or it could be really anything. And, you know, it would just surround me with things that I would like and what I was attracted to and and support me in those endeavors and not force too many other things that I wasn't gravitating towards. So I, I felt like I always had things around me that would let me learn and explore. And I mean, certainly if I didn't have a computer around me when I was a kid, I wouldn't have learned programming when I was a kid. And this would be a very different story. You were so young when you started Squarespace. Your parents let you have $30,000 to get the company off the ground. Yeah. When you think back to those days, I want you to think of one quick thing that you're like really proud of how you thought. And if you could go back and tell yourself one thing that you wish you had in your head, what are those? I think a lot of times people know the answer before they act on the answer. 
you kind of know what the right thing is to do in terms of like, you know, something that needs to be changed or, you know, a personal decision that would need, you know, need to be fired. And it's not like I'm advocating acting hastily, but you can probably always move a lot faster than you think. I, I think I would have uh, not procrastinated as much on certain decisions that go in one direction. For everyone listening, Anthony and I met in the context of we had um, a shared investor and we're in our growth journey of being young founders getting better. You've grown so much. And I just wanted to get a sense of what were like the one or two things that you feel like were skill sets that you had to get better at? I wouldn't say I necessarily started in a bad spot, but I think everyone, like nobody's born a manager and nobody's born with complete emotional awareness. And so I think that it has been amazing that such talented people have chosen to come and work at Squarespace. And I've just learned so much from them in terms of that side of things and, and what they've done in their careers. And so that's been positive part of this journey. Next question is that you're 20 years in. What keeps you going on like just what's the thing that's still fueling all of your focus? One is that the job is so different right now than it was two years ago, four years ago, six years ago, 10 years ago, and it keeps changing. And I think that that means it's never really been one, the same job. And I think that that is interesting because it provides, you know, a lot of personal growth. And at the same time, I like what Squarespace does. I like that we're helping entrepreneurs. I love the stories. I love when people come up to us and, you know, they come up to me and recognize it and say how it changed their life or how it helped them. And, you know, there's millions of stories like that. And I think that that's very rewarding. I think also, I mean, there are just so many moments along the way and none of them positive at the time, right? I mean, there's, you know, launching the thing, buying the first AdWords, talking to the first customers, the thing crashing for the first time, fixing it for the first time. <laughs> um, you know, there's like all these Trump traumatic, you know, they're our first big denial of service attacks and staying up and fixing it. And like, would I want to relive through that? No, but you know, I, I have the stories from it. You know, our first Super Bowl ad, the thing crashing during, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> so it's scary at the time, but then you you look back and you you got these stories from it. I think that that both a record of your learning, but also it's exciting. What do you do to just like manage through the stress? Because as we both know, like at times the stress is just really, really miserably intense. I've been through so many things. I, I feel like it, it comes from this kind of hands-on, we're going to make it through. I'll make this thing better. I mean, like, look, a while ago, do I have those moments where I'm walking down the street and the thing's like crashing again? And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, what? This isn't worth it. It's not worth it. I don't want to do this. And then I shake myself out of it and go, okay, but is there a way I can create a future where in a year or two or whatever, I have changed the parameters on how I'm operating so that, that thing doesn't happen again. The things that stress me out today are not the things that stressed me out 10 years ago. Otherwise, I, I don't think I would have made it this far um, because I wouldn't have figured out how to fix those things. And sometimes those things are processes. Sometimes those things are team-oriented. I mean, there's, there's just a variety of things you need to change over time and be aware of and correct so that those things don't just keep happening to you. Otherwise, they will burn you out. I also think I've got a good, it surprises people when I say it, but I actually have a, a somewhat reasonable work-life balance and a diverse group of friends, and they're supportive, and uh, I've had a lot of them for a very long time. And I have a lot of new friends as well. And I think that that goes a long way to getting you through it, because certainly if there was just only work, one, you'd wind up pretty one-dimensional, and 
I think you just kind of burn out. So Yeah, I think that's a good answer. Last thing, as a founder, is there anything you hold as sacred that sort of is just like a deep belief you have that fuels your success? It could be anything. We're very product-centric, very customer-centric, very design-centric. I think that those things have to be kind of true in everything we do. One of Squarespace's main values is uh, be the customer. And what we mean by that is just literally put yourself in the customer's shoes or use the product. How would you want it to work? How would you want cancellation policy to work? How would you want the product to work? How would you want onboarding to work? How would you want customer support to work? And I think that you can get to the answer a lot by doing that. And, And I think it also forces people to get out of a what I would call kind of an overly academic mindset when approaching things, when we all have a ton of experiences in our lives being customers of products. And I think we intuitively do know a little bit of what good and bad is. So I, I, I'd say that sufferings is important to me. Anthony, we're going to move to the quick fire round. I'm going to ask you a question and I just want the first thing that comes to your mind. You can answer it as quickly as you want to. Um, the first question I want to ask is what's your biggest pinch me moment to date in the last 20 years where you actually just something happened and you were like, I can't believe that thing actually happened. What was it? I think like the the first Super Bowl ad was crazy. We've done nine now, so it's less crazy, but still crazy. The IPO is crazy. We had a sponsorship with the Knicks for a a number of years and and kind of being in Madison Square Garden with, you know, Squarespace everywhere. It's sort of like, kind of like, it's just surreal. So that's awesome. That's so cool. That is so cool. (laughs) It's fun. Um, Is there an interview question you love that kind of gets to the core of something you like to know about somebody? What's that interview question? My normal way of interviewing people is to sort of start at some point in the timeline, either today and go backwards or backwards and go forwards and have them, you know, in their own words, sort of talk about the situations they were in, you know, what they observed, why they made the decisions they made, why they switched, why they didn't switch and, and kind of go through it. And along that storytelling I'm sort of looking for a lot of things. I'm looking for, you know, how do they interact with their peers? How did they judge their peers? How much situational awareness do they have? Are they taking credit? Are they giving credit? Are they, you know, blaming other people? Do they blame themselves? Do they do that in a fair way? Just all those things you get from that kind of meandering walk through somebody's life choices and their their own self-analysis is kind of how I uh, approach interviews. So something different stand out every time. I love that. Um, is there a quote that you really swear by, live by, love, something that just got, sort of sticks in your head that you believe in? If you think you can, or if you think you can't, you're right. If you really think you can't do something, you're definitely right. And I think if you think you can, at least it'll sort of propel you towards a mindset that maybe makes that possible. Obviously, not everything in the whole world is possible. But certainly, if your mindset is negativity, you're not going to make it very far. I love that. I'm actually going to like go home and remind my children of that quote tonight. So thank you. <laughs> it's a fabulous one. Yeah. Is there a book of any kind, any flavor that's impacted your life? I really liked uh, the book Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, which you don't have to read the whole thing in one pass, but it's broken into to little um, chapters. But it, it's really a nice walk through how the decision-making functions of our brain works in various ways and how we succumb to uh, irrationality when otherwise, you know, the the answers for rational choices are sometimes right in front of us. So I think that one's uh, always a, a nice read and reread. Last question here, and then we'll let you go. Um, what's one category of innovation that doesn't touch Squarespace that you're personally 
pretty passionate about or excited about. I won't claim any depth of knowledge in the area, but I think some of the stuff that's happening in biotech and gene therapy and stuff is going to really change our lives over the next 50 years. And I, I think back to like, if I was growing up in the world today and I was 13, you know, would I be learning computer programming or would I be learning how to program genes or what would I be programming in? It's kind of an interesting, really interesting thing to think about. And it's super exciting. I very much agree with you on that last point. Anthony, it has been absolutely fabulous to get to reconnect with you today. Everybody out there, if you want to learn more, please check out squarespace.com. Build any website there. It's beautiful. You won't regret it. And you can join us next week for Ink the Founders Project with Alex Tobel. Anthony, we're rooting for you. You've just been such a, a pleasure to get to know and watch through this journey. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. 